It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is destiny, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me to car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, give me an interview with the Eagle Scouting Department. I know I could be better. What's up, what's up, what's up, SoundCloud, iTunes, you know how we do, it is the Brotherly Love Podcast, sing it Johnny man, just my jam right there, that was it, that was it, one line, feel me flow, and you were done, <laughs> that was that's it, cool. that's cool, alright, well good talk, that's John Meter, Joe O'Donnell here with you as well, Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud and iTunes, you know what, you love it, follow us on Twitter, at BelovePodcast. John Mita, week 17, the season's at stake. We'll get there in a minute. We'll talk some Philadelphia Eagles. As always, we'll have our on-the-fly segment, and we will talk a lot about the Philadelphia 76ers because I think you've got a little beef with the process right now after a Christmas Day loss to Boston, but I'll let you speak on that in a moment. Uh, First of all, Merry Christmas, my friend. It was nice seeing you at the link on Sunday. It was nice seeing you Monday night as well until the wee hours of the morning. How are you feeling? Like a million gels. It's just been nonstop raging. Uh, <laughs> yesterday was a first day of, um, you know, just low key sobriety. Yesterday it was who, very nice, actually. Who knew that Santa? Sobri- who knew that Santa Claus wanted everybody to get so drunk? Exactly. And who knew that sobriety was such a gift? You know. <laughs> so now I'm all kidding aside. But it was great to see you. Great to hang out with you. Uh, people that don't know, we took like. A boss trip of like fifty hooligans. Uh, that might be a little excessive, but yeah, you're spitballing. Well, I mean, wow, it was probably like forty people now. Well, it seemed I like think... it seemed like we had some um, some rovers, some scavengers too. Did you get that All sense? Right. Some people that came yeah. over and they yes, we had some adults. They sure. saw there was a party, and they wanted to yeah, join yeah. it. Absolutely. I think that constru- I think that construction worker that greeted Manny Machado. Outside Citizens Bank Park. I think I saw him come by for for a swig of Mad Dog. Yeah, I think he came up for a swig of Mad Dog, one of those delicious pork sandwiches that T. Winnick put into play. Yeah, all I ate ate was soft pretzels. I'm not going to lie. But you don't get get them in corn country. We get corn. And corn only corn. on the hot peppers, though, I'll tell you. Those long hot. They go in great, coming out like fire. Anyway, I I digress. Yeah, let's digress from that. All right, Brother We Love Podcast. Uh, What a game it was to go to, the early Christmas present from the Birds, because it looked like, you know, it looked like a good football game for a while. Then it looked like the Eagles were going to put their stamp on it with, I don't know, six minutes to go. They're up two touchdowns. I'm sitting next to our buddy Finnegan, and I'm like, we're talking playoff scenarios. And then with two minutes left, the Eagles are getting the ball trailing the football game. You could have heard a pin drop in the stadium. I was about to walk to the Walt Whitman Bridge or possibly fly back to Des Moines, whichever one was going to be easier. And then, you know, they made plays. 
Nick Foles making plays. Nate Sudfeld threw one into the stands. And next thing you know, Jake Elliott's kicking the game-winning field goal. We will get there. Uh, I don't want to overstep where we're going. Let's start with the Sixers, because I know you're heated about the Sixers right now and Ben Simmons, and you've got some stuff you want to bring to the table. Let's start with the process. Let's switch it up a little bit. Then we'll go back to the birds. Then we'll get it all on the fly and get on out of here. But uh, the Philadelphia 76ers lose to the Celtics. are obviously still very much in a playoff spot. The addition of Jimmy Butler has been nice. They played tonight against the Utah Jazz. For those of you tuning in, trying to get a feel of when we're recording this podcast. In fact, by the time you listen, they may have already dispatched the Jazz or hopefully taken care of business. But the question you wanted to pose, John Mita, are the Sixers good enough to make a run at the title with how their roster sits right now? Since I'll be shorter on this than you, let me just start. I think the, the simple answer, the quick answer is no. Um, I think they, they, you know, they could use just one more piece. And I, I'm, I'm not talking superstar piece. I'm talking complementary piece because... Right now, they are still a little shy of the Boston Celtics. And I don't know so much on paper, but the Celtics just seem to have their number going back to last year. Obviously, Toronto has a great squad with Kawhi Leonard in that addition they made this summer. Milwaukee is a team on the rise. you got to handle the Greek freak. I think other than that, the Sixers are right there. So just to come out of the Eastern Conference is going to be enough of a tall order for the Sixers. I'd like to see them find one more you know, possible skill position for for to steal a hockey term, you know, or or a football term. Like I'd like to see them get one more scorer out there to complement those guys because if you get in the foul trouble, you start to get in the bench depth. You look at the other night, the Celtics bench outscored the Sixers bench by a whopping margin. And and that can be concerning. And then late in games, who's getting the ball? You know, I read a lot after the loss to the Celtics, which I didn't see much of because I was on an airplane that Brett Brown is coming up small with his coaching decisions in some of those large moments late in games. And then you have Joel Embiid, in my opinion, is starting to run a little bit along the fence with some of his comments. I, I know he's honest. I know he's a personality. I know we love his personality, and I really don't want to see him change, but I wish he would kind of put some of this stuff into his pocket at times and just sit on it and keep his mouth shut when he's asked these questions you know, the Butler trade, he didn't play initially very well when Butler was acquired, and he didn't. He kind of expressed his displeasure with how he was being used. Then late in the game, he doesn't get the ball against the Celtics, and as much as he says it's on me, he's also taking shots at the coach. So I'd like to see JoJo just pipe down a little bit, um, but to answer your question, I don't think this team's good enough right now. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. They need one more piece. I'll defer to you on what that looks like. Well, it's just, you know, you bring up a good point with Joel Embiid. It's you know, one of these things is, yes, he should touch the ball in the fourth quarter. You know, down the stretch, man, their offense, when it comes to the last five minutes of the game, it just looks so very helter-skelter. And you get Ben Simmons at point guard who refuses to take a shot, which just makes it that much more easier for the teams to defend him. And what have we seen since they've acquired Jimmy Butler, right? The guy's a closer, and he's two for two on game-winning shots. So when the Sixers have a ball with 14 seconds to go in the game, he needs to be a part of that. He needs to take the last second shot. I know J.J. Redick is a great, terrific, unbelievable shooter. But this is the primary purpose why you got brought this guy in. And you, honest to God, you want to talk about double threat, right? The double threat is Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. Run a two-man game with them. Get him the ball. Have Joel Embiid come up for the high screen. And it's undefensible. What are they going to do? They double-team Jimmy Butler. 
said Joel Embiid rolls, rolls to the home. He kicks down. He could pop out for like a 17-foot jump shot. There are so many options. But why Brett Brown doesn't go to the two-man game there is a mystery. And if you look, take a look at the bench, right? Like how good would Mikhail Bridges from Villanova look on this team right now? Don't get me started. Guy that, Don't get me started. Guy, I know. Like another guy that's like he can defend. He's shooting the basketball. Now he's starting out in Phoenix. And I know, you know, he's not putting up like, you know, mind-blowing numbers out there. But he's shooting over 40% from the three-point line. He'll be able to defend these wing players like Jason Tatum, guys like Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and he could add some firepower off the bench. Meanwhile, we got Zaire Smith sitting in the D-League. Don't know if he'll return. You got Markel Fultz saying he's improving, um, you know, with his rehab process. And, and right now the cupboard is bare on the bench, and they just got destroyed. So Elder Brand's got a lot of work to do. I think they're going to make some moves when it comes to the trade deadline and you get all these older veterans to get bought out. And kind of if you saw, if you looked at what the Sixers did last offseason or at the trade deadline last year, they acquired this, um, you know, the services of Bellinelli and Ilyasova, and they made a huge difference in that playoff run. So that's going to be the thing. I mean, one of the things I pose to you, and we kind of talked about this at this Christmas Eve party that we were at, and it's another I was totally into the basketball world, Willie Carter, and I said, you know, is this it with Ben Simmons? Is this his ceiling? Because if he can't shoot the basketball, and he can never shoot the basketball for the rest of his career, you know, would we be better off? I know this guy's a transcendent talent, but would we be better off trading him and then acquiring and going out and getting a full-fledged out real point guard, like a real point guard, somebody that can do everything? distribute, shoot the basketball, defend, and, and, and that's something you really have to strongly consider. Nah, come on, Johnny Mita, listen. Ben Simmons is not comfortable shooting the basketball for whatever reason. I don't believe that he can't shoot it. I mean, he hit a 22-footer the other night. It was the longest shot of his career, which is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, right? That's like one of those where you're like, really? That's the longest shot of his career? And it looked like he just threw it up as a prayer. I don't believe that he can't hit them. I just don't know why. Like, this is where the coaching staff needs to drill it into his head. This is your game. You need to take these shots. He has to start to build the confidence by taking them. I don't care if he goes 0 for 10 one night. Shoot the basketball. It changes the dynamic of the defense immensely. And I'm talking from just a logical sports perspective here. This is not basketball guy. I'm not lacing up my uh, high tops for you here, John Mita. I'm talking from a logical perspective. Sports fan perspective, just blending the other sports together. When you give the defense something else to think about, it opens up other things. You're not so vanilla. Everybody knows what Ben Simmons is going to do. The Celtics took that away from him last year. So he needs to establish it. He needs to be to take the initiative to change his game himself. You don't give up on the guy. You don't trade him for another all-star point guard. You tell him, this is what you work on. This is your game. This is how we win a championship. Whether it's MB telling him, Butler telling him, the coaching staff, somebody needs to get with this guy, similar to Fultz, and say, figure it out. Figure it out. So I don't, I don't think you give up on Ben Simmons. This isn't his ceiling. It can't be his ceiling. He's too damn good. 
too many people comparing him to the Magic Johnsons of the world and all these great players, they'd never be saying that if they didn't see this in him, if he didn't have the ability. He's the one, though, that needs to crack through. He's the one that needs to break through and say, all right, I am taking my game to the next level by doing X, Y, and Z, which in this case is shoot the basketball. Find your confidence by shooting it. How do you know if you can make it? How do you build confidence if you never even try? Yeah, I mean, well, listen, I'm, I'm glancing through beat a Bleacher Report earlier this evening, and it says Simmons practicing his three-point shot, and they have a video of him practicing his three-point shot. My only question is, why the hell did this take two to him season for him to practice his three-point shot? It's like, I, I just don't see The thing that bothers me most is like, I want somebody to come up to me and tell me where the improvement has been from all the work that he put in the offseason from last year to this year. I don't really see a difference. I don't see a difference. My only question is, if you don't see a difference, he's three, four years in. I, I just, I don't know. I'm starting to question whether if he's going to be a part of this anymore. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you had, if he would play power forward and you got a bona fide point guard in there, I'm not saying don't let him bring the ball up at times and be that, what do they call it, that stretch four, so to speak. But again, to be a stretch four, you got to be able to shoot a little bit. So yeah, I don't no, know. I, 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 understand, I understand that part of it. If, if, if you want to change his position, you want to change the way he does things, if you want to add another piece to complement the roster more, that's totally different. And I have full confidence in the organization. They're not going to quit where they're at. Okay, the whole trust the process. They have the city on their side. They are the rising franchise in the city right now. You know, they're starting to catch up to the Eagles. They're they're crushing sellouts. They're they're the talk of the town a lot of nights. It's a basketball city. We saw it with AI when he captivated all of Philadelphia. So I don't think the front office is just going to be like, oh, we're good. Four seed every year. Perfect. No, they will make those additions. They will make more moves. I have full confidence in that. For this team to really get to the next level and beat the teams, the high-powered teams in the East, and I'm talking about, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, seem to be a very formidable team right now. You got the Boston Celtics. I mean, Toronto. I mean, the other day, the Sixers beat Toronto. I'm like, hell yeah. Great win, Sixers. And then I look at the box score, and Kawhi went, Leonard didn't play. And I'm like, oh, oh that kind of makes yeah, sense. Takes a gloss so, off a little bit, doesn't it? Again, again, another and, – and just that trade, man. That trade just is going to stick in my craw. I feel like it's going to be that, that Paul Pierce – Oh. You know, Larry Hughes, oh. maybe not, maybe not that significant. Mo Peterson, yeah, God, exactly. But I just feel like, oh, I just, I don't know. I or I just feel like, you know, not keeping Mikhail Bridges on your team. I just feel like uh, that's going to be a problem. All right, let's shift gears. Um, let's get into the birds. Yeah. Thirty-two to thirty win over the Texans at home. Uh, was yeah. it was come from behind in a lot of facets. They forced turnovers. They found a way to establish a significant, significant passing game with some downfield opportunities. Zach Ertz was a beast. Darren Sproles was catching passes. It was really a thing of beauty, the way that Nick Foles dissected the Texans, took full advantage of their backup cornerbacks coming in because there was a stretch in that game where 25 and 24, Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph, uh, two starters for Texans, were not on the field for large stretches. And right away, they went after, you know, 
They took a shot at Teron Matthew, the safety, the honey badger on that deep ball. They were using some Alshon Jeffrey, kind of those seam routes down the middle of the field and putting the ball up there for him to get it on that on that eventual game-winning drive. So Foles was magnificent numbers-wise when it was all said and done. He had that terrible interception earlier in the game. Not much of a running game at all for the Eagles outside of a few bursts by Darren Sproles, but they find a way to win it 32-30. to Again, the defense made enough plays. Jake Elliott, after missing an extra point, and me uh, preparing to send some illegal substances to his front door, he turned around and hits the game-winning kick, and the Eagles prevail. They need a Vikings loss, and they have to beat the Redskins Sunday. It's that simple. Eagles win, Vikings lose, Eagles are in. Any other scenario, the Vikings go in, and that is going to be a very, very difficult pill to swallow at the end of the season, a very uh, sour taste in your mouth should the Eagles not get in after this late push winning, what, four of their last five games with all those games we talked about earlier in the year that they just came up short. Something is different about this team with Nick Foles. It would take an entire podcast to dissect it all. You and I are both on the belief side of Carson Wentz is the future. This whole Nick Foles um, should be the president of the United States thing is a little overblown. Again, small sample size. Foles has been great. I will not take any of that away from him. He has endeared himself into the hearts of Philadelphia forever. Period. End of sentence. Probably get his number retired on the Eagles Wall of Fame. Who would have thought that even a year ago or more than a year ago? So, um, He's been outstanding, and you have to give him full credit. Let's talk. Uh, any any thoughts from you, John Mead, on the on the win over the Texans, and then what has to happen this weekend in your mind for the Eagles to get in? Well, I mean, the, the win was just you know it, it's nice to see them just win at, win out at home. It's nice that the game actually meant something. Uh, they pull away. It was a little troublesome in the fourth quarter. It's twenty nine to sixteen, and you give up two touchdowns. With five minutes to go in the game, that was a little troublesome. The defense is struggling again in the fourth quarter to get that final stop. That's a little worrisome. Um, but all in all, they, you know, they really played their hearts out. It was so nice to see Darren Sproles again back in the fold. All the people that thought he was done, his career was over. I think the Mighty Mouse showed everyone why he is one of the best, you know, undersized football players in the National Football League and, you know, in my mind, should be considered for the Hall of Fame someday. Um, I look at it, and it's just, you know, Foles has the magic. I don't know what it is, but he distributes the football to everyone, and I think that's making people play harder. I think that's making the wide receivers run their routes, you know, not taking a playoff, so to speak, and everybody is in the mix. Um, and it seems to be picking up the defense. The, the, the defense seems to pick up when they see the offense score. It seems to give them a little life. Um, moving forward, the scenario to get in, there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen here. The L.A. Rams, it's, it's a shame the NFL screwed everyone again. Shocker. NFL just doing their best work, you know, flexing all these games to like the 4 o'clock slot. But, you know, San Francisco should probably stay competitive with the L.A. Rams. Here's the deal that people don't consider with the Bears I've just been thinking about over the last day. Like, the Bears could pull their starters if it turns out that it looks like the Rams are going to walk by the San Francisco 49ers and seal the number two seed. The only thing is, though, if the Bears lose to the Vikings, or if they – that means they'll have to see them a third time. I think when you see a team a third time, it's, it, it's a dangerous scenario. So I think the Bears would like to see somebody new. So that because like so if, if Minnesota ends up beating Chicago in all likelihood and the Rams take care of business against San Francisco, that means that Chicago and Minnesota will have to play against Minnesota at Chicago the first time they played with a five point victory. 
that Chicago handled business. So I think that's a little added motivation to Chicago. Now, Matt Nagy came out and said, listen, if the game is not like if the Rams are kicking the, you know, kicking the crap out of the 49ers, he's going to leave his team in there. So, and here's the other thing. Right, Chicago Bears, they have an unreal defense. And what are they strong? They're really strong against the run. And that's how Minnesota has kind of turned their season around late by running the football the last couple of weeks with Dalvin Cook. So that plays right into the Bears' strength. And, and to be honest with you, I think Kirk Cousins is going to show his true colors. This is another must-win for this guy. He got paid $85 million in the offseason. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Not in history. That would go to Sam Bradford, by the way. And I just think that this is the spot where I think Kirk Cousins could blow it again. The Eagles should just go down. The Redskins are in turmoil. They just got rid of one of their best safeties, D.J. Swearinger, because he came out critical against the defensive coordinator in some of the decisions. So they basically cut him. So that team, the locker rooms are kind of a little loose, and they're starting like their fifth-street quarterback, Josh Johnson. Now, they did beat the Jaguars, but everybody's beating the Jaguars this day, uh, this time. Um, so, I, I really think the Eagles will have a solid shot. So, it'll be a shame if they come back, the Eagles win, and then the Bears don't handle business for us. That would be – because you'd hate to see this end. It's just been fun. It's, the season has continued on. Um, so, you know, it was just – you know, the bottom line is, if the Eagles don't beat the Redskins, it won't matter anyway. So that's what they got to take care of and let other things take care of itself. And we've seen this before, people. But on one year, I think it was Brian Dawkins' last home game against the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles needed three different scenarios yep. for them to get in. And they all happened at the 1 o'clock hour. The Eagles have the 4 o'clock start. And they demolish the Cowboys 44-6 to make the playoffs. So stranger things have happened. This is the NFL this is week 17, so I'm looking forward to, you know, catching all the action. And, uh, you know, we just hope that things roll in our favor. And if they don't, obviously there's going to be some things that we need to address in the offseason, you know, in regards to this football team, who should be staying and who should be going. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Your prediction is what? I, I really think, the, and it's going to sound like such a homer opinion, but I really think – the Eagles win, and I think they get in, and they're probably going to have to play at Chicago. The Chicago will handle Minnesota. I just feel like Kirk Cousins is going to throw up on himself, man. Kirk. I just have this feeling that he's going to throw like another pick six. They're going to get downtrodden, and the team will quit on them. And I, and and don't forget, Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson are friends from Kansas City, and apparently Dougie P put in the call to Matt earlier this week. Hey, I got a couple steak dinners for you if you get this done for me. So we'll see. Kirk Cousins is one seven and one in his last nine starts against teams with a winning record. Factor that in. <laughs> and I'll give you this nugget as well. Not a nugget, but you want to talk about a, a premonition or a thought. You were saying you've been thinking a lot about this. All I keep thinking is, you know what? Maybe they do pull Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe the Bears do pull some of their starters. And you know who comes in then, baby? The one and only Chase Daniel, or as somebody I know calls him, Chase Daniels. Bring it on, baby. Chase Daniel upsets the Vikings in a relief appearance. The Eagles win. They are moving on to the postseason. You heard it here first on the Brotherly Love Podcast. 
One time, Eagle, through one pass. You and I were there when Wentz went down against the Giants a couple years back in a late Sunday uh, Christmas-type game and an evening game. Daniels came in. I believe he threw one pass. Or he handed the ball off. And that was it. That was the only time he touched the football that year uh, in a meaningful situation. Chase Daniel, your MVP of the Vikings-Bears game. Uh, Chaze Chaze got a little time. Chaze Daniels! Mitchell had to sit down for some uh, some time. Yeah, off. he played Chante well. Some, he did on Thanksgiving. You know, the defense kind of held him in there, but you know that's what we need to see. So, well, I hope the uh, birds show up. They bring the swagger. They take care of business, like you said. I'm only holding out hope that they get in. I don't know how confident I am on. I probably maybe put it 55. percent I'm a, I'm a little bit more optimistic than even I was a couple weeks ago. Just hoping it's not the end of a season because they are starting to play their best football. Uh, and it has been fun to watch the last couple weeks. And a lot of it's been Nick Foles, so let's go on the, on the fly, John Mita. Uh, I don't think we'll have time uh, for our free agency conversation because we got to get moving here. Yep. But we can get to that yep. on the offseason, whenever that comes, hopefully later rather than sooner. But my on the fly for you is Eagles related, and I hope you're ready because here you go. I want you to give me, John Mita, on the fly, the single biggest reason that Nick Foles seems to be having that magic again this year. What has been the difference? The biggest one thing that stands out to you, Wentz goes down, full steps in, the magic is returning. Why? I, I just think because he keeps everyone on offense happy. He gets the ball to everyone. He spreads it around. You know, early, there were earlier rumblings where somebody came out, there was a report that came out that some people are a little upset because they weren't getting the football enough, a.k.a. that could have been Alshon Jeffrey um, because these guys all have escalators in their contract show. So if, if one guy is getting 110 receptions and the wide receivers only getting 50 receptions, but if they get 75 receptions on the season, that bumps them up another $500,000 or another $1.5 million. That's a big deal. So I think it's the harmony and the trust, the fact that he's got it done before. So – I would say spraying the football around and, and just knowing that he's delivered before. All right. I'd respectfully disagree with that, but we don't have time to argue. What do you got for me? I got for you. So I want you to name a Philadelphia athlete that you couldn't stand or a player that you don't like that kind of grew on you. And you're like, you know what? I've got a lot of respect for that guy. Ooh, I had a few right at the top of my head when you said the ones I didn't like, but somebody that grew on me. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Mine is just, Mine has got to be Jason Kelsey. You first get to town, he's a rookie. Sign man puts up a, a sign that says, Fire Andy Reid. Jason Kelsey and Evan Mathis go over there and they tear down Sign Man's sign at the NovaCare. Then he comes out, he speaks, and he just got here. And, and then he was getting dominated. And then I'll tell you what, man, the speech that he gave after the Super Bowl on the steps of the Art Museum and how he played in that football game. And in the last year, when I kind of thought it was time to move on for him. He's gained a lot of my respect. So. Gosh, I'm trying to think of Kelsey somebody that was acquired via trade that I was upset about the trade. Like when they traded LaShawn McCoy and Kiko Alonso came in, but he never did anything. Then he was hurt, then nah. he was gone. Oh, yeah. I think Flyers here. Who's grown on me? Anybody that they drafted, you're like, terrible pick. And then you're. That's pretty dude, much. I'm yeah, Carson much. Wentz. I was, on, I was hating on Carson Wentz. Well, you were hate, but how about Nelson Aguilar? You weren't a big Nelly guy early. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't years. say so much. I wouldn't say I wasn't so much early. I was rattled at his mental lapses, his 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 lack of self confidence. That's what I was rattled about. And be honest, I'm still a hater. 
Um, yeah. Although it was sweet, watch him go 83 yards away from us or whatever that was into the end zone yeah. on Sunday. Pretty good. Oh, John Meter, man, you stumped me here. All right. There's got to be. Oh, come on. There's got to be somebody. All right, bring it to the table next podcast. I know you're running short on time. All right, I'll do that. That was a good one, man. All right. I'm trying to think. Phillies. I just hate so many, and I love so many. You know, there's not really a lot of middle ground. I don't don't think Bryce Harper's coming to town. Thank God. He won't be able to hate and grow on you either. Thank God. They both prefer New York. Him and Machado prefer New York. Go figure. Yeah. I wonder why. Thank you. Get out of here. We don't need either of them. I hear you, brother. Somebody else. Godspeed to both of them. All right, go birds. Uh, little Luke. Oh, oh man, yeah. get it done. Young MC, boss the move. Oh, young MC. That oh is man, terrible, but I know that. All right, now there's we'll the both be now. better next time. Yeah. Let's I hope agree. the birds have their act together. For John Mead and Joe Donald's a brotherly love podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Be Love Podcast. Appreciate all the love and support. Johnny Mead, you're the man. Good man, Jose. Here we go. Here we go, birds. Fly eagles fly. Till next time. We'll see. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.